Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of Into the Future Of. I'm your host, Ben Meisner, and this is the podcast that takes you on an imaginative journey into what the future holds. This episode is titled Into the Future of the Creator Economy, and I'm here with Ezekiel Ritchie, the general manager of Jelly Smack for the Asia-Pacific region. Jelly Smack uses AI to identify the most promising creators and helps them grow their audience and partner with big brands. Their creator partners include the likes of Mr. Beast and PewDiePie and covers more than 10 billion monthly video views. Ezekiel, a huge welcome to the show. Hello, Ben. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. So, Ezekiel, you have a wide range of experience in your career, working in everything from ad tech to reforestation at companies including Google to Bula and WeForest. Tell us a little bit about the journey that has led you to working in the creator economy with Jelly Smack. Well, you know, I never thought I would end up who I am today. Um, I, after uni, I started my career at a company called Xing in Germany, and it's essentially the, the German LinkedIn. Um, so I always wanted to go into sports, but for some reason, my, my heart led me to Germany. I was following, you know, a girl at the time. And, um, I found an internship in, um, in Xing, which was really interesting. And that, that was really my, my first step into the, the digital um, industry. From there, I moved uh, to Google, uh, supporting the French market, and that's really where I witnessed, you know, the growth of uh, of YouTube. Um, Google led me then to Sydney. Uh, years later, um, I moved to Australia in 2013, and I was working on the media sales side, essentially working with brands and uh, agencies to maximize their investment on uh, Google platforms, so search, display, and obviously uh, video uh, on YouTube. Uh, once I left Google, I launched uh, Tabula Business in uh, in Australia, New Zealand. Um, it's a native advertising platform that is uh, helping publishers uh, thrive and also advertisers reach their audience uh, on the open web. So kind of outside of the world gardens that are, you know, Facebook and uh, and Google to some extent. Um, I stayed there for five years. Um, and then in uh, 2021, I launched uh, Jelly Smack uh, in NZ. From there, we uh, the role expanded in uh, in Southeast Asia, and more recently in Asia Pacific uh, for the past uh, six months. So you know, I've I've always been passionate about YouTube as a platform. You know, I've really seen it growing from a cat video platform, which is really what it was back in the days. Uh, and when you see what it is today, it's really a platform where you can find, you know, uh, any type of content. Uh, you know, the top media companies um, globally um, push their content on the platform. And then you also have mums and dads starting a YouTube channel about how to fix, you know, uh, a bathroom or, or renovate uh, your your house. So it, it, for me, it's fascinating. It's fascinating the, the diversity of content that you can find. And uh, it has really gone a long, long way from, you know, where it started um, 15, I think more than 15 years ago now. So, yeah, you know, Jelly Smack was, was a great fit for me. And I could really see the, the market fit for such offering um, within, uh, within APAC, but also globally. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And I love any story that starts with chasing a girl. I think that's excellent. And what an excellent range of experience. And I agree that YouTube is such an incredible platform and video generally is such an interesting and diverse platform. Looking at uh, the creator economy today, Ezekiel, do you see that it's at a point where it could be considered a mature industry? Can creators conduct business 
in a way that's comparable to other more established fields? The answer is yes and no. So yes, they can really, um, you know, establish a very strong business um, on, on platforms. But the reality of the situation is that I think there are over 50 million uh, creators globally, and I think less than 0.1% make a living out of it. So it's really a very, very small percentage. And I would really say, you know, the, the creator economy is it's in its uh, infancy. In 2022, um, the, the, the creator economy market is estimated to be worth, you know, over 100 billion uh, USD. So it's a lot, but it's also uh, only the beginning. Um, be being a creator is a very difficult job. Um, often what we see is the end result and we think, well, I mean, it's a video on, uh, you know, one or multiple platforms, but it's really a big, big job. Um, it's a, it's a very big job from a, from a human perspective in terms of resource, in terms of time, uh, in terms of uh, investment that is required, but also they have to think about a lot of things. Back in the days, there was one platform, you know, most creators started on YouTube because it was the first real, um, content creator platform. Uh, but now if you think about uh, the industry, there's a proliferation of platforms. Um, the most recent one is obviously the, you know, the, the huge growth of, uh, of TikTok um, globally. Um, the one thing that we have to remember is that all platforms operate differently. The, 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 the way I like to, uh, to describe it is that we should see every single social, social media platform as a country with its own language. Um, they all operate different, differently. They all have different audiences. They all have uh, different monetization systems. Um, it's, it's really hard to actually be an expert uh, in every single platform and try to maximize um, your output on those platforms. And then if you think about the core job of a, of a content creator, um, they really have a million things to do. They have to think about the script. They have to write the script. They have to film the content. They have to edit the content, which very often is the most time consuming. They have to think about their um, content strategy, their posting schedule, manage their community, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And that's just for one platform. So imagine doing this across the top three, four, five uh, platforms globally to maximize reach, scale, and uh, engagement. Um, and that's really on social media. Then you think about those that have merchandising, e-commerce, brand partnership, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I would say we are at its infancy, um, but I'm, I'm very bullish about the, the future of the creator economy. I think unlike traditional media companies who are not pivoting to digital first approach, you know, content creators are embracing um, community that, that, that has already established, right? They can already tap onto audiences of billions of users by, you know, utilizing those social media platforms. So it's really just the beginning. And that's why I think it's a, it's a very exciting industry to be part of. Um, and then, you know, when you see creators, I don't know, some of your favorite creators that post a video that gets, you know, millions of views within a couple of hours, it just makes you realize, well, I mean, the impact that those people have on, uh, you know, on, on, uh, on the audience is massive. I mean, most, most creators nowadays will have bigger reach than primetime TV, you know, which back in the days, it's something that you couldn't really think of. If any brand, want, if any brand wanted to reach mass audience, they would go on TV. Nowadays, the, the reality is that it's not the case anymore. Uh, when Mr. Beast posts a video, I mean, you know, he has millions of views within a few seconds. So it's a different, different ball game. And uh, as I said, I think it's just the beginning and, uh, and it's an exciting, um, you know, industry to be part of. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right to be bullish because I look at my kids 
My two older kids are eight and five and they consume as much of the creator content on YouTube and similar platforms as we allow them to. And these creators are celebrities to them um, in every sense of the word. Yeah, I also think that it's extremely interesting your analogy of platforms to countries with their own languages. Um, I'm interested to know, do you think that we're seeing an evolution towards TikTok where uh, we've seen, you know, the ground shifting on various social platforms. Do you think that once a particular country like YouTube or TikTok is established and has that language that they're likely, obviously YouTube's been around for a very long time, but because we're seeing shifts now, it's easy to kind of think we're going to be seeing shifts forever. Do you think that th that the landscape will settle down or do you think that the creator platforms are something that will just evolve um, for the foreseeable future. I think things will evolve a lot. You know, we have already seen so much change over the past uh, three years. I mean, I would say TikTok has probably been the most disruptive platform. Um, and I think there will be new iterations of platform, you know, as we go into the, the next, you know, decades and, uh, and even the ne next couple of years. Uh, no, no one really thought about, you know, short form content. I mean, the, the biggest platforms in the past have always been kind of like long form. YouTube has always been a long form platform. Um, Facebook, you could argue as well. And then TikTok came in and, uh, you know, there's been a, a huge shift and everyone is jumping into the short form content. Uh, the, the, the issue that, you know, a lot of creators have is that they are doing really well on, uh, on TikTok, but the, the platform that doesn't monetize for them. They don't, they don't generate any revenue the same way as they would do on, on YouTube or Facebook, for instance. Um, we, we hope this is going to happen next year. And you can see the shift, you know, even the more traditional platform like Facebook and, and YouTube are investing heavily uh, into short form content. YouTube just announced recently that they would start monetizing YouTube Shorts, which is essentially the direct competition to TikTok. Um, and Facebook launched uh, Facebook Reels, um, you know, this year, which is again, uh, you know, they're, they're playing the, in the short form space. So, you know, this is, I think, the first big iteration for creators. You know, how do they manage, uh, you know, the, the mix between, uh, between short form and long, long form? And I think it's also uh, a danger for them. I, I think what's tricky about being a, con a creator nowadays is that you are not really always in control. You, you can be at the mercy of platforms. And so if tomorrow, for instance, you know, um, Facebook or YouTube decides to push, to push heavily short form, you know, how is their long form content going to trend? Are they going to lose potentially reach and, and audiences in the, in the long form? Um, audience, you know, are they going to uh, to lose some revenue? And so that's always the, the one thing that they need to keep in mind. And that's why when we speak to creators, one, one of the things that we always try to help them with is really to diversify. Get as many revenue streams as possible so you don't rely so heavily into one platform. And so you really, really de-risk your business online and offline through merge, through brands, through, you know, any other ventures that they, that they might be interested in. So I, th I think the, the industry will experience a lot of disruption. It, it already has, and I think it's just the beginning and there will be a lot more coming through, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I am, you know, always amazed at how quickly all the different platforms are quite happy to copy each other nowadays. I think in the, in the past, you kind of tech companies would disguise that a little bit and try not to be a blatant copy of each other. I think ever since Facebook and Instagram copied stories from Snapchat, it's been a free-for-all and any format that gets invented now 
um, will be quickly mimicked by those big companies. And that will probably, in answer to my own question, help them to stay dominant, help YouTube and, and TikTok and any other platform to stay dominant because once they get that dominance, they just can mimic any new um, platforms, any new functionality. But I do, I also think it's interesting what you said about short film content because I remember when Snapchat came out with the disappearing stories and it seemed like, oh, why didn't anyone ever think about that before? But short form content is such a, in my view, such a more um, influential change that's here to stay. And I think our attention spans and the way we consume a variety of content has sped up as a result of that short, short film content. And we like flicking through and particularly the younger generation, they like flicking through content and I think it works well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you touched upon, you know, the, the attention span. I mean, it's, it's probably going to decrease even more over <laughs> the next. I'm, I'm quite concerned for, for my daughter. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, you, you just have to sit in the bus and you see just people scrolling through and, you know, watching a video for like three, 10, 30 seconds max and going, going on to the next one. So I, I, it's definitely there to stay. Um, I, um, I completely agree. And that's why it's difficult for creators, you know, for those more uh, traditional creators that have been creating longer form content is, okay, how do we make the switch to, you know, also tapping into that short form industry? And then it's also up to the platforms to now, you know, make sure that they, that they reward their creators. Because if you think about TikTok is the great example, right? It's a huge platform now. It's a huge platform because yes. of their creators, but they haven't rewarded their creators because the, the creators don't make any money on, 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 on TikTok via, via advertisement. And so this cannot happen forever, right? Uh, so hopefully this will change. Uh, but I agree with you. It's definitely there to stay. Yeah, yeah. And I am bullish on creators making money off short form content only because in the capitalist way, it will benefit those platforms to attract the creators, to attract the advertising dollars. And if there's more and more eyeballs hitting the short form content, then those platforms... Um, will certainly be seeking a way to monetize it. It would seem to me that the creators should and will be compensated for that. Definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the holy grail for monetization is video. And, you know, I mean, you, you, we have seen it over the years when uh, Instagram moved away from a, from a, from a photo app to, to a video app because obviously they saw the the opportunity in terms of revenue that they could generate because video will always generate the, the highest RPM, you know, the strongest monetization. That's what brands are willing to pay the most compared to, you know, display ads or, or other things. Um, and you could also argue that Spotify as well is to some shape or form moving into a more of a video platform because they know, they know they can attract, uh, bigger dollars, you know, uh, th through doing this. So <laughs> everyone is fighting for attention. Um, and obviously, Short form content, you know, is, uh, is winning that game, um, at the moment because you can get a lot of eyeballs in a very short amount of time. But now it's, it, it's, I think we still need to understand how strong, uh, those, uh, you know, those platforms will, uh, will perform for, for advertisers. At the moment, the, the reality of the situation is that the strongest, uh, monetization platforms for creators are YouTube, uh, Facebook and Snapchat. Those are the three strongest platforms where creators generate the bulk of the revenue through advertisement. Right, that's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. They have the strongest uh, they have the strongest monetization uh, strategies in place, yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Um, so Ezekiel, having worked with creators and having seen their exposure evolve, what risks do you see exist for creators and for their careers? Well, I think, I mean, there are a couple of things. I mean, first of, first and foremost, you know, the creator bur burnout uh, is a real issue. You can probably see by now that if you want to be a successful creator, uh, you have to be surrounded by a good team um, and hopefully a lot of tech support to minimize the manual work. You know, we work with um, some uh, streamers, you know, they live stream five or six days a week for, you know, six to, end, six to eight hours per day. Um, and you know, when you live stream and you have like a live audience, you cannot really have a day off. Um, and on top of this, you know, if you want to diversify and de-risk your business, you need to be across all the platforms and everything it entails. So it's really a huge amount of work. Um, so I think for, for me, the one thing, if people want to, if creators want to be successful, you know, they need to find the right partners to help them grow. And uh, again, Mr. Beast is, is kind of like the, a good example, right? He, he has built an empire, but the, the, the reality of the situation is that he really surrounds himself by, the, by tech partners, um, you know, that enable him to scale his business. He doesn't manage everything in-house just because he wouldn't have the time, the expertise or, or, or the resources to do it. So, you know, in terms of the risk, it's, uh, it's this one and also the, the diversification. I think it's like any other business. You don't want to rely on only one source of revenue. Um, you know, we've seen it in the past where macroeconomics events happen or even uh, platform, uh, you know, issues happen with uh, demonetization, dropping, uh, dropping uh, RPMs, um, specific categories of, of content that, uh, you know, get demonetized all of a sudden, etc. The more you diversify, the less you rely on, you know, one source of revenue and the more you de-risk your business. And I think that's really key for content creators. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of interesting points there. Ezekiel, what is your advice for someone who might be considering a career as a video creator? I know you mentioned the very small percentage of those creating videos actually making money out of the multi-billion dollar industry it is. Is your advice to forget about it or what, <laughs> what would your advice be for someone considering such a career? I don't know if I'm the best person to give advice on this because, you know, it's not really something that I've done. Um, I've witnessed, you know, growth of platform. And obviously we at Jelly Smack work with uh, some of the largest creators in Australia, Asia Pacific and globally. Um, but what I can say is, you know, based on a lot of discussion we have had over the years is that it's, it's a lot of work and it's very difficult. Uh, but the, the, I think the couple of things that always come back is always people always tell us do something that you love you know something that you are passionate about uh, make sure that you bring people on the journey and also make sure that you surround yourself with partners that can support uh, the growth of your business uh, doing it as a as a one person show i think is, is good to get started but if you really want to grow your business i think you really need to surround you by good tech um, good people and good partners yes excellent advice so looking forward now to about 20 years into the future, imagine that it's the year 2043. And I know this is a difficult question, but what do you think the video creator economy might look like now? I think, you know, we, uh, well, it's very hard to, it's very hard to say where we're going towards to because I feel like there's already been so much disruption within this industry in the last couple of years. But 
I, I feel like we already kind of have a glimpse um, of it today, you know, with uh, with what we see large creators doing. You know, uh, if you look at, uh, at at Mr. Beast, for instance, he's a good example, right? He's really building uh, a media empire that span well beyond uh, social media. You know, a lot of the big creators now, um, you know, own merch stores um, and ventures in uh, in brick and mortar. You know, with the restaurant chains, etc. So I would I wouldn't be surprised if many of them become you know media companies in some in some shape or forms. Um, and I really think a lot of things will change uh, between uh, now and then. You know, when 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 we see the growth of you know platforms like YouTube over the next uh, over the last 15 years, um, and what it is today, um, it's a uh, it's day and night. You know, I think uh, a lot of platforms will will evolve a lot, um, like you know, tech, uh, TikTok as well. Um, there are other things like you know the metaverse. You know, yet to see um, how this concept is going to evolve. So, I think there's a lot of things that um, that are still to uh, to be figured out. Um, but I think one trend that that we see that is really interesting is that. At the moment, when you look at the at the creator economy, I, I would say English-speaking creators or non-verbal creators um, have a bit of, of an advantage because their content will trend in uh, countries where monetization is very strong. Mm. Um, and so like an Australian creator, a lot of Australian creators have bigger audiences in the US or the UK, for instance. It's very, very common. Um, and it's great because the monetization on uh, in those countries is very strong. So it enables them to have large audiences, big communities, um, and generate significant revenues. But when you when you think about creators in other countries, in uh, in Asia Pacific, for instance, or even Europe, um, because the content is in local languages, it really limits uh, the global footprint that they can have. And so what we are seeing more and more is um, actually technology that enabled those uh, creators to uh, you know, dub the content or translate the content. And that really enables them to have a global audience. Um, you could think of you know, a Japanese creator uh, dubbing the content in English and then launching a new YouTube, YouTube channel or, or you know, TikTok in, uh, in English. That gives them access to you know, billions of new potential uh, you know, uh, viewers uh, and everything that goes with it. You know, more revenue, more audiences, bigger deals from a brand perspective, etc. So that's really something that uh, that I'm really excited about because I really feel that will enable uh, the creator economy to, or it will really enable creators to become really global. Um, and it's probably something that we will see a lot more, um, you know, in the coming uh, in the coming years. Yeah, that would be brilliant to see. Ezekiel, thank you so much for taking the time today to discuss the past, evolution and future of the creator economy. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and having you on the show. Thank you for having me, Ben. That was fun and um, thanks again. 